How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Deep Zone Pod, bringing you up-to-date sports talk news from around the NBA, NFL with hot topics, trade news, playoff and draft discussion, debates, you name it, we got you covered. Unfiltered with hot takes on your favorite teams and players, some you're going to like, and, well, others not so much. The Deep Zone Pod has you covered for all your hot sports news. Just remember, this shit's unfiltered. How you doing, Mark? Pretty good, pretty good, Jake. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Ready to get this shit started? Ready to get this shit going? Yep. Um, so the first thing on topic today, boys, is going to be the Giannis future. What we kind of see happening here, what we kind of two teams where he might get traded to if a trade were to go down, which day by day kind of seems the more likely it could be going down. So as we head into the offseason, we'll kind of see where that lies, but we are kind of expecting a deal over here, so we'll see where that goes. But we got a few teams, um, starting with the Heat. Uh, the package we kind of have that are expected for the Heat right now. Um, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, potential draft picks. Um, Iggy Dollar would have to be involved for sure just due to the captive situation. Um, what else do you kind of see involved with the trademark? Um, that's really it for the heat as far as what they're looking to move and what they have on their roster. Um, the only other thing I could see is the, the bucks would ask for bam out of bio. But I think at that point, uh, the bucks call, uh, the heat and ask for bam. I think Pat Riley and the heat organization would hang up and laugh right in their face. Uh, reasons being, um, if you've watched the heat versus the bucks that just happened in the Eastern conference semifinals, Bam is the one piece um, outside of Joel Embiid. They're one and two defensively in the NBA uh, against Giannis defensively. So if you're going to be getting Giannis, I don't think you want to give up the piece that helps you stop Giannis. And the Bucks would be getting that back, so I don't think that makes any sense. And I don't think Giannis would want to come to the Heat uh, without Bam. I don't think that makes very much sense. That's why I don't think adding in Bam would make much, like I just said. So I didn't think that's just your best package, hero, none, um, and draft picks. Duncan Robinson would be in the deal. I don't think the Heat want to do that either. Yeah, I don't think so. I think once if you were to get Giannis on that team, I think Duncan's the perfect fit at shooting guard. I mean, you literally want the stretch that – won't clog the paint at all. That can literally knock down threes better than anyone in the league. And that last season, that was Duncan Robinson. I mean, there was no one better. So at that point, I'm not sure. I mean, what do you think? Is this something the Bucks would even consider at this point? If they're not going to really consider trading Bam, are they really going to even consider that offer of just Kendrick Nunn, Tyler, he- sorry, Tyler Hero, and uh, some draft picks? And obviously, Aguidal has to be involved as well. They're going to have to beat that contract. Very, I think very unlikely, very unlikely that uh, that would be done. I think the Heat think in 2021, when Giannis actually becomes a free agent, they would be more likely to sit on the pieces they already have and look to add him to the roster they've already built that has taken them to the Eastern Conference Finals and beating a team with Giannis on them. A beat, already beating a team with Giannis, sorry. So yeah, I don't. I think that trade's very unlikely. I don't think the Bucks would want to do that, and I honestly don't think the Heat would want to do that. But I just think the Heat are gonna look to get Giannis, but more of like an undercut trade. 
without Bam. Yeah, I don't see them trading Bam either. I think he's too much of what they do there. He's too much of a perfect fit for, honestly, any team in today's NBA, but he's just your now it was what you wanted the center. I mean, he does everything. He's athletic. He can literally guard one through five if you need him to. I mean, he can guard Giannis from, quite frankly, he could probably guard Steph Curry. It's kind of unnatural what he can do. So, I mean, I wouldn't really involve him in, quite honestly, any trade either. So I see where you're coming from, and I probably see that's where we're going to get the heat are going to stand as well. Um, so, yeah, that'll take us into the Warriors, the next team, which this would just be dreadful for the entire league if this were to happen, quite frankly. But um, the package we have for the Warriors sending over to the Bucks would be Wiggins, the second overall pick that they just secured in the lottery just a few weeks ago. Draymond Green would be traded either to the Bucks, possibly a third team is going to have to get involved, very likely due to the Bledsoe situation on the uh, Bucks side. They're just not going to be able to fit Draymond, Wiggins, and all that cap space over there with what they got. So they're going to have to move on from Bledsoe, likely getting a third team involved, like we said. Maybe Draymond ends on that third team as well. Maybe not. I'm not exactly sure where that kind of ends up. So they're also going to probably add in just another big man they have on their roster, Allen's. I'm not sure I'm saying this right. Smologic. I'm not like I said, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he was a rookie big man they had last year. He had some promise, but nothing really obviously shown too much that you're overly excited about. But it's just another little young toss and pick. But what do you think about this? Uh, what about this trade with the Warriors? Once again, they're going to be a team uh, that's going to look to get Giannis. Um, the Warriors, I think, with the Lakers and the Clippers and the uh, Rockets, uh, Nuggets also as well top of the Western Conference, the Warriors have been a team, you know, that's been contending, um, except for this year. They just lost uh, Kevin Durant, who I think was their best player, and I think anybody with any common sense would think it was their best player. They're going to look to get back into contending. Um, they're going to be hungry, especially Steph, Clay, and Draymond, but they would have to trade Draymond to, uh, you know, they'd have to include Draymond in the deal to get Giannis. Uh, I think it's a good package. I don't think it's the best package, but it's what the best they have to offer. They can take Wiggins, who's a young talent. Uh, he hasn't lived up to expectations, but maybe on a different team he could with the Bucks. You get better opportunities. Uh, you get the second overall pick. Uh, maybe you could take someone like LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards uh, from this year's draft. And Draymond, you know, he's he's Draymond. I don't know how he fits with that team. They would have to obviously add him in the deal, like you said, for cap purposes. That's probably the best package you're going to get from Golden State, and you know Golden State's going to come calling, and obviously you've heard rumors that Giannis would be willing to play with the Warriors. And I, yeah, also, so, think, I also think, you know, that his skill set fits their skill set. I think he's a better Draymond, a way better Draymond. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I mean, can't really argue that there. He does everything Draymond does and better. I mean, they're both pretty spotty shooters, but I mean, I still would take Draymond or sorry, I would take Giannis's jumper over Draymond's, quite frankly, still. And he just stumps him at every other aspect of the basketball game. So, I mean, yeah, I'm taking Giannis over him, no doubt. It's kind of a wash there. Um, and then, quite frankly, it just kind of goes down to what the Bucks are kind of looking to do at that point. Do you really think the Bucks can actually compete with that? They're going to obviously bring in, like you said, maybe LaMelo Ball. They're going to be looking at a roster of maybe LaMelo Ball. Um, even, obviously, at the two, Chris Middleton, then Andrew Wiggins. 
Then at the four, then maybe they bring in Draymond. Maybe they have Brooke Lopez still at the five. Uh, it's I don't know if that seems competable. I mean, in the Eastern Conference, they're going to be a top six team in the East for sure. I would say just due to talent from Middleton, Wiggins, Lamella Ball should be decent, and then just Draymond that should be a solid defensive team and put up some decent points. But I don't know if that's going to be a team that Bucks can sit back and say, are we actually willing to trade Giannis and try to compete with this team, or do we just want to go in a full rebuild? Because, like I said, I don't, I don't know if that seems capable of winning a championship or even getting past the Heat or the Celtics. How they are, quite frankly, now, and even the Nets coming back next year with Kyrie and KD showing well this year without them. I mean, I expect them to be up there as well. So it's a tough situation, I think, for both teams. I don't know if it's really a thing. And then you look at that, and then do the other teams really actually want to deal with? <laughs> like I said in the beginning, do they actually really want to deal with this crap of dealing with the Warriors? Curry, Clay, running off of screens with Giannis driving the paint and just pumping out passes to them. I mean, there's literally no defense versus that. You just kind of gotta sit back and just hope the best shooters in the history of the basketball are almost missing shots, and it's gonna be tough. Right, because with with my uh, thinking, you know, a team. I don't think very many teams can stop what Giannis particularly does. He gets so much uh, flack, you know, for his uh, ability to not be able to shoot jump shots. But when you really look at the Bucks, I really only think there's three teams that could have beat them, and that's the Lakers, Clippers, and obviously the Heat. And it's because they're built with, you know, athletic uh, defenders with uh, size and range where they can play in the passing lanes. And you can't really do that if you put him on the Warriors because you can't, like, you know, it's Curry and Clay. Those are the two greatest shooters to ever play basketball. So I, I, I don't I don't think the Bucks are going to want to be a part of that. And then, like you said, Bledsoe and Draymond are going to have to, at least one of them are going to have to go to a third team. Are they going to want to be a part of that? I don't think so, like you said. No, I don't think teams are going to want to be a part of that. So – I kind of think that trade's very unlikely, just like the Heat. I think the Warriors would have to wait until the 2021 free agency and try to sign Giannis outright and then try to move pieces like Wiggins or Draymond. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And maybe they'll get stuck with one throughout the year or whatever, but I definitely see moves coming for sure. Um, so the next team on our on tap would be the Nets. It's kind of just a quick one here. We really don't think it's going to happen. It's just they have a pretty good offer. But again, I just don't see it happening with Giannis's kind of it seems like his philosophy of not wanting to play with stars. Maybe that changes now with him kind of seemingly needing another kind of wingman. Um, but yeah, I don't really see them. Like I said, I don't really see him going to the Nets, playing with Kyrie, playing with KD, who are both have rings in their careers. Both have been proven that they can win rings with, with players on their team, obviously, with KD, with the Warriors and Kyrie, with LeBron. Now they're with now they're together with the Nets trying to do their own thing. I don't really think Giannis is trying to go play with one of the best players of our generation and then one of the better shooters and just point guards in general in the league right now. It's just I don't see that being a spot for him. But regardless, the deal we have for the Nets sending over to the Bucks would be Spencer Dinwiddie, Carlos Lavert, Jared Allen, the 19th overall pick, and Lance Thomas is thrown in for the most part just purely for cap situations. Um, I mean, quite frankly, it's a damn good offer. I mean, when you start with Karis, Lavert, Dinwiddie, you have two guards and a wing that can, or a wing and a guard that can just, you can plug Lavert right in your lineup. I think Dinwiddie's more of that 
legitimate six-man role, but he can be a starter on a team like the Bucks if they want to start him and bring George Hill off the bench or even start George Hill and then bring Dinwiddie off the bench. That's a perfect situation if they're trying to compete. But they have value there. They get a first-round pick back. They get a Jared Allen who can play center. Maybe they move on from Book. Maybe they keep him. Jared, Jared Allen's a pretty fun center. It's a decent package. Like I said, as of this point, I think it's probably their best package, quite honestly. Um, I just don't think it's going to really happen. I agree. I don't think it's going to happen at all. Giannis doesn't seem to want to play with stars. I think he kind of just likes, you know, being in that low-key city, being who he is. But I also think he's starting to see the writing on the wall that the Heat kind of in the East have a team prepared to beat him. And I think he's going to have to join them or go elsewhere. So, yeah, like you said, the Nets do have the best package with Dinwiddie. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and the 19th overall pick, Lance Thomas, just being a throw-in. Their starting lineup would actually be pretty crazy. You know, they'd have Kyrie. They'd have to find a shooter to fit in with them. They'd have Kevin Durant, who, in my my personal opinion, it's going to sound wild. I think he's the second greatest basketball player of all time. And then you add in Giannis, who's a complete freak, going to be back-to-back MVP, and defensive, and, defensive player, yeah. and defensive player of the year this year. And then DeAndre Jordan, who you know, he's going to catch some lobs, play a little bit of defense. He kind of fits in. And, you know, he's already into that Nets culture with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. They really wanted him. But like mm-hmm. you said, I don't think this is a trade that's going to happen. I just think it's a good package. I think the Bucks would consider it. The Nets are rumored to get a third star. I just don't know if it's going to be Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're going to try to go make a little move for sure. Like, they have a team to kind of compete in the East right now, especially if Giannis' future is in limbo with the Bucks. There's kind of an opportunity to be seized for, quite frankly, every team in the East. I mean, it's tough to say that right now when the Bucks just got kicked out of the East by the Heat. But I think in a normal situation, a normal year, the, the Bucks would have been a better, better situation, more competitive in the out of the bubble. But, yeah, I think it's going to lead to more situations down the road for them, like this trade. But, um, I mean – Looking at the, uh, like you said, the starting roster for the, the Nets would just be absolutely stupid. They'd have to go find a new spot-up shooter. Likely Joe Harris is going to be too expensive for them at this point. I'm sure someone will kind of overpay for him, but finding shooting in this, in this league is not too tough. So I don't question them their ability to kind of build a team around that. That's just, quite frankly, it'd be the, the best starting three. We might have seen it. It's probably, uh, no, it's tough to say with the Warriors, but it's up there. I mean, that's just talent. It's insane. Um, the next thing we got is the Hawks which this is where it gets pretty interesting in our opinion. Um, again, it's a tough team to maybe see him signing with, but the package is fun. You got a Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and a sixth overall pick. I mean, I think that'll make any team kind of stand up a little bit. I'll just leave it at that and let you kind of run with it, uh, Mark. What do you think? Yeah, the Hawks, this is – this now this is even better to me than the Nets package. You got Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, who are young players that just came from this draft. Cam Reddish is a two-way player. He hasn't got to show his uh, offensive upside yet. He was kind of a bit bit of a letdown this season for the Hawks, but I think the potential is there. DeAndre Hunter, also a two-way player. I think he has the potential to be, you know, a Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, Paul George, kind of how they came into the league, and they were just kind of seen as defensive players, and then they turn in – to these offensive specimens as well. And they can 
put together a great game of, on the offensive and defensive end. So I think DeAndre Hunter is a good piece. John Collins is, to me, a very underrated power forward uh, center, wherever you want to play him. Two-way player as well, plays offense and defense, and he's athletic. And then the sixth overall pick in this draft, I think it's really good. I don't know yeah, they're going to find someone. Take. Yeah, I mean, for the sixth overall pick, they just kind of, quite frankly, just with those three players, it's a pretty good offer in itself. And then I think the Hawks, quite frankly, they would probably need to offer that to get the deal completely done, just to make the Bucks say, okay, here you go, just take them, and we'll figure out what to do with these guys and these picks. But yeah, I think you're right with with Cam Reddish. I think there's a lot of like untapped potential there because he played with Zion and RJ Barrett at Duke. He played this last year with Trey Young. Just a bunch of other young talent on the team. He wasn't even starting for most of the year. He was coming off the bench. We never really got in a groove. They were playing him at point guard at half the year. They were playing him at the wing. They were just changing him all over different roles. So, I mean, he showed pretty well. He had he had some good games. He had some rough games. Obviously, he was a rookie. He was a young kid who, like I said, he hasn't really had that spotlight on him, and he was kind of thrown in situations where it wasn't exactly the easiest for him. And it's just being a young kid and putting those pressures on you when Trey Young goes hurt and you're. Uh, sorry, Trey Young gets hurt, and you're asked to be a point guard on a team where you've never been a point guard really ever. It's going to be a tough situation. So, I think there's a lot of potential there. And then DeAndre Hunter, I he was one of my favorite players in the draft. Like you said, it's a two way guy. Both of them are, but DeAndre Hunter even more. I think he's he's not going to be a Kawhi clone, but he's that kind of player where he's like a spot up shooter, three point guy in his younger age, and he has that ability to put the ball on the floor and make something with it. So he can kind of develop another mid range game, mid uh, sorry mid range game and kind of ability to draw to the basket a little bit. So I like his game a lot. And then you add John Collins who can play big. And as you said, the six round six overall pick is just a crazy package, honestly. And it just comes down to will Gianna sign with the Hawks in Atlanta? I don't know. I mean, if you look at the starting lineup after the trade, you're looking at Trey Young, Kevin Huter. I like the free agent signing unless they just plug in one of their low end guys, but they don't have really much else after their, uh, after this trade. And then their free agency signings, they have a pretty bare roster after this. So as small forward, they're going to go find someone new. You got Giannis at the power forward and Clint Capella at center. So, I mean, you're really left with those four guys and go plug and play with whoever you find in the league. And I think you can find some veterans. I think you can find some younger guys that are just off the free agents deals or whatever that are going to want to come play with a Trey Young and a Giannis kind of future. If Giannis is locked in there, that's a future I can get behind. I mean, that's fun. I agree. I agree. Couldn't agree anymore. And and what else needs to be noted? I don't know if you spoke on it, um, but I'm just going to go over it again. They're a team that's going into this summer with the most cap space available. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, they're going into the summer with the most cap space available. Like you said, they would have Trey Young, Huter, um, Giannis with the trade, a free agent signing at Small Ford and Capella. If I was them. Personally, I would look to move on from Capella. I know they just got him, but you might want to get a shooter at center instead of Capella. Maybe some team mm-hmm. wants to take in Capella and they see his skill set for their team. But yeah, they also they have the most cap. And I think Giannis, Cuter, Trey Young, and then with Capella, who you could move or keep, you know, whatever you want to do. I think that's a team with a bright future. And I think that's a good team. I don't think Giannis would consider it because I think he would just stay in Milwaukee at that point, but that's a great trade. The Bucks would have to take that deal. They they wouldn't be, even, they would have to sign the dotted line to that trade right away. Yeah, it feels so good. And something just kind of popped in my mind, and we didn't even 
really discuss this part prior, but um, what if they were to kind of, like you said, just want to move on from Capella and what if they just said, hey, Bucks, here's another young piece. You want to toss, toss us Lopez, make that swap and there's your shooter, there's your big, do you already know that fits with Giannis? And if Capella's not going to work, the Bucks can try it, kind of get another defensive guy there, move on from Book, just move on from Brook Lopez, get some youth there, kind of have that full new youth of Reddish, Hunter, John Collins, Capella, Middleton, all those young guys there. So, I mean, it could be something they look at too. I'm not sure if the cap fits at that situation, like I said, but it could get interesting there. I mean, it could be fun. Agree. Couldn't agree anymore. For sure. Um, so that'll bring us to the second to last team uh, is going to be the Celtics, which gets another really interesting kind of picks here, or not even picks, just or an overall package of just talent that you can kind of still compete with, I think, if you're the – if you're the Bucks, I mean, you're getting a guy like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, who's, if healthy, he's still a damn good player. He's still capable of putting up points, playing a pretty good role for any capable team for going deep in a playoff run if he's healthy again. And then you're getting the 14th overall pick, which they got from, I believe, the Grizzlies in a deal from, <laughs> fuck, you're not going to believe this one. The freaking Celtics did it again, boys. They got a trade back from 2015. They traded Jeff Green. Or they traded, yeah, they traded Jeff Green to the Memphis Grizzlies when they were when they were good back in the day, five years ago. They have a first round pick coming back, so that's a little uh, fun note. I was finding out researching this. I wasn't expecting the Celtics to have that pick. So here we are again. The Celtics have another solid pick in the first round while they're going deep in the playoff room. So that's another good package. It's like I said, it allows the Bucks, I think, to compete. So what are you thinking there? Another great package, uh, Jalen Brown, excellent player. I still think he even has more room to grow offensively. I think he's a, a great defensive player right now, but I think he has more room to expand his offensive game at this point. Marcus Smart, you know what you're going to get with him, 3 and D, uh, a little bit of playmaking. Been a great player for uh, the Celtics, especially in this series that just passed with the Toronto Raptors. Then you bring in Gordon Hayward, who's a two-way player, uh, more offensive than defensive, but if he can get back over the hump of that terrible leg injury he had a few years ago, then I could see, you know, that leading Milwaukee to be a competitive team with those three players. Then you add in the 14th pick, they can get a young guy to bring in with that core, which would be Jalen Brown, Middleton, uh, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, and Brooke Lopez. That's who it was, Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Sorry, I was blanking too for a second. So many names moving around. But yeah, yeah, I think that I mean, would be great. That would be great. Yeah, they'd have a team that they can definitely, I think, compete with in the East. I mean, obviously, the, at that point, the Celtics are going to be the heavy favorite when you throw out a lineup of Kevin Walker, a free agent signing, because they don't really have the kind of depth at this point, especially after that trade. I mean, this year they cut their, uh, they've cut their kind of rotation down quite a bit. I mean, especially in the playoffs, they're only playing about seven, eight guys consistently, and they're not really getting a ton of minutes after their six, seven guys, and those guys really aren't producing a whole lot for them other than just minimal kind of moments. But, yeah, I mean, going forward, they're definitely going to need more consistency from their bench. If you're going to look at a starting lineup like I was going at, of Kemba, a free agent signing, Jason Tatum, or sorry, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and um, Bice at center. I mean, it's a good starting five. It's obviously there's room to improve at, like, obviously center. You can improve off Bice, but he's, he's capable. He can he can play his role in that, in that team. and He's not going to really complain about it. He's in a fitter role, and you don't have to really worry about it. If they can go out and find a solid shooting shooting guard, defensive guy, likely, you would hope. 
kind of guard up and strap up some of the uh, better guards in, in, the, in the East and just in general in the league that we have now. Um, that team has literally championship writing all over them. I mean, you have the the Heat still the cap- capable of taking them out, but obviously the Bucks are out. You got the 76ers if they ever figure things out with their big man situation and their just situation as a whole with new coaching and all that. Just culture just seems whacked out there, but you could yeah, just I mean, say dysfunctional organization. <laughs> I guess that's a pretty good way to put it. But um, yeah, so I mean, what do you think? Do you think the Celtics are going to go depth over star? Do you think they're just going to say like, look, we have a chance against Giannis here. Let's just say, screw it. Let's just send them what they want. Send them the pick, send them the players, get Giannis in the squad. Look at our lineup, Kemba, free agent, Tatum, Giannis, Dice, and let's roll with it, fill the pieces, and let's try to win. I would have to say this is a trade the Celtics don't pull just due to the fact that they're already in the Eastern Conference Finals with the minimal amount of depth they already have. I think they would want to go more depth over star um, because if they lose, I think that's – if they lose to Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that's going to be the reason. As you know, the Heat have a lot of depth. They can go like 9, 10 deep in – playoff series and the Celtics like you said are going you know six to seven maybe eight deep so I don't think this is a trade they would pull although getting Giannis would mean a lot you know he would be the best he's the best player in the Eastern Conference reigning MVP and defensive player of the year but I don't think they would pull this trade what about you Jake see I think they would due to the fact that you already don't have that yeah, you have depth that you drafted recently with Langford and Grant Williams and Carson Williams or Carson Edwards who didn't really do much this year and Watermaker who's kind of just a journeyman who provides some decent depth. Obviously, he's not really what you're wanting in a playoff rotation consistently. Um, Robert Williams provides some decent defense down low. Enos Cantor's, I mean, I think we both discuss this quite frankly all the time. Enos Cantor's just quite frankly unplayable in the playoffs. He doesn't play pick and roll defense. He doesn't provide enough offense to make up for it. He doesn't provide any defense down there, and it's just not what you're looking for. And quite frankly, from a big man in playoffs, so you get exposed by good point guards, and it's just not good. So, like another guy like Semi Ojulele, um, they're just guys that are kind of, quite frankly, I think underachieving, and I don't know if they're actually going to ever achieve what they need to to become legitimate championship rotational players. And if they're not going to achieve that, what are you really kind of holding on to, I think, with your depth? I think you can bring in Giannis and you have that rotation that we said of those starting five. And I, I don't see any question where they can go out and try to find players and have no real problem about finding in veteran minimums, guys, young players that want to come play for them. Again, like that's a team that if I'm a, if I'm a veteran, if I'm any player in the league, I look at Giannis, I look at Tatum just as a young pair. That's There's no better pairing in the league than that. That's just... Um, quite frankly, that's going to be the pairing to go through in any league. That's the future of the best of, of the NBA. Quite frankly, this happens. So I would do it. I would deal with what happens after that. You find the depth. Maybe that's maybe that's your downfall for a year. But I think you can. I think you can figure it out after a year or two. I think that's too good to pass up the situation. I see your point. I see your point. I somewhat agree, but for me, I got to stick with what I have. I think they have a good young core as it already is, and they're already in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we don't know. They could even make it to the finals with what they have. That's very true. So then, okay, I'll just bring a little question up then. We are looking. We just talked about the Heat earlier, the Celtics now. 
Celtics have the same. We had kind of said the same thing about the Heat. These teams are. I mean, these are good teams that Giannis can kind of go to, and maybe they're not going to really even want him. Like he's damn good player. He's like you said, the best player in the East, top three, five player in the in the league, no doubt about it. You can't even question it. And you can even argue he's one of the best. I mean, and then you don't have teams that are really wanting him. It's not even against him. It's just are these teams too good, or is it just is he a player where it's like you're bringing him in and he just changes way too much where it's like, is this even worth it? Because like I said, he's a damn good player, but you bring him in and you've got to really let him control the ball. You've got to let him change up your defense a little bit. He's going to be controlling your pain a lot. So it's, it's a whole different situation. I think when you bring him in teams, so I think you're right. I think I definitely see your point again. Like you said, I see you for your teams might not want to do it, but I almost think it's a situation where you just bring in the stars and you just, you hope for the best, but Again, there's there's so many different ways you can go with those teams. They're already studs, so you just let kind of let them play out right now, and it'll be fun to watch. Um, we have one more team. It's a pretty fun one, and I think they have a ton of talent. And I think this is the best fit for Giannis, quite frankly. And they have the talent, like I said, to back it up. They could offer so much different things. They could even, quite frankly, offer any piece on their team, and I would be okay with it. Um, as a Denver Nuggets, they could offer. From I mean Michael Porter Jr. I'll just start off and from his after the game comments I think of Game Four when they lost their last game of what he said about just Jamal Murray and Joe Kick just kind of hogging the ball a bit too much just not really moving the ball they need to move the ball more those guys are good players but we can't really do that versus this team and then he just kind of threw his head right down kind of knew what he said I think at the same time but he kind of obviously he meant it you're a young kid and you're gonna say stuff so it, it's part of the game part of what it is but. Um, you start with Michael Porter. You got Bol Bol, who's an exciting young player. It was everyone's just excited to see good time. Uh, you got Gary Harris, who's a strong wing. Um, you got Will Barton. Even, quite frankly, I would even not be shocked if they were to put Jokic's name in it. I don't think they would do it because I think you want to pair Jokic and Giannis. So I think that's just a pairing that's just, quite frankly, a match made in heaven from a big man to power forward standpoint because Jokic doesn't have to worry about his shit paint defense anymore and the Nuggets can actually probably go deeper in the playoffs. I mean, now they're starting to show some clutch gene and coming back three to one, but I still don't think their defense is capable of winning an NBA championship. I think they're just finding some genie in the bottle moments and just finding ways to win the series is quite frankly, but um, we'll see if they can beat the Clippers. We're recording this as they kind of go into game seven, but we'll see how that kind of plays out. But like I said, I do think they need that that, that defensive uh, presence and Giannis would obviously add that to that. So you add Giannis to the team. Um, I think the, the package likely is going to be like a Porter, a Bull Bull, probably Gary Harris. And this year they have the um, Houston Rockets draft pick. So, um, I mean, I, that, I think that draft pick's falling in the what, like 24 range or so. So, late pick in the first round. So, I would they're probably just going to have to toss that in there. It's a good package. I mean, Michael Porter has legitimate star talent if he can just stay on the court due to his defense his defense is pretty atrocious at this point but he's starting to show ability to play late in games right now with, with the nuggets and he's had some rough games he's had some big games he's definitely shown his talent um i think it's again i think it's the best package that they can probably get right now it's just i don't know if many players want to sign in denver and again all these places really it's tough to see gianna signing in other than the heat and the warriors so i mean I guess he maybe want to sign with the Celtics, but it's a tough one. But what do you think on this Nuggets team? I mean, it's just a different kind of play here, I think, because they have so much talent, but it's a weird situation, I think. 
I actually just went to the NBA trade finder and did the trade that we had lined up. It works perfectly. If the uh, Denver Nuggets send Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Will Barton, and Bo Bull with that Rockets first round pick for the Antetokounmpo brothers, it would be a perfect trade. Actually perfect mm-hmm. to what you wanted. Jeez. That would be – jeez. I mean, like I said, I think Porter's getting traded regardless after those comments that he made. And it just – well, like I said, with the defense and his defense, I think it's just – it sucks, but it's just a bad fit because he's such a good talent. I love the kid. I think he's going to be a star in the league, honestly. I, that's what I keep saying. I think he's going to be a, legit, a legitimate scorer in the league. And I think his defense will come along enough. And if you can make that work, that damn, that's going to be fun. But – that's just a tough team to make work when you got Joe kick starting and you got Jamal Murray as your point guard. It's just, you're not getting, you're not getting any defense from your point guard and you're not getting any defense from your center. Like it's just, it's terrible. You got to get something more than that. If you're going to want to win an NBA championship. And I mean, like I said, they're showing clutch right now, but it's, it's not enough to sustain as it's over in a long period of time. Um, I think this is a trade that literally puts the nuggets in championship contention. If you're just kind of looking, I mean, even if, the team asked for Jamal Murray, I would consider it. Like I said, I would even consider trading Jokic. But if this trade works perfectly and the trade finder and all that, it just kind of lines up perfectly. It's enough, in my opinion, to make the uh, the Bucks consider it because it's almost enough to make you still be able to compete now in the East. You're not going to win the East by any means. But you can you can make a little run in there. You have young talent to kind of get experience in the playoffs. And then maybe you make a trade for a star. Maybe you, maybe you have your star in Porter in Middleton. Um, it's it's gonna be a fun team. It's a young team, another team that might need some more defense on it, but it's a fun team nonetheless. And I think that's all you can really ask for if you're having to trade Giannis in a league where if you trade your stars and teams know you're trading your star and you're forced to trade your star, you're likely not gonna get the best package for your star, and you're gonna get a little less than you're likely wanting. Just how it kind of goes. Um, yeah, I. I think these are probably the likely scenarios i'm sure there'll be some mystery teams that pop up and i'm sure there'll be some other teams that kind of come through the woodworks and they're wanting giannis they want giannis they're saying giannis is signing with them we'll see not too sure about it um as those kind of unplay i guess we'll kind of talk about them but until then that's kind of all we got for now um do you have anything else to cover mark well i want to ask you out of all the trade scenarios we've posted and we've discussed we have six. Which which do you think is the best offer? The best offer for the Bucks. Um, I will probably say the best offer for their. Okay, are we going long term or are we competing? Both. Both. Okay. Um, so a mixture of the two, I would probably say. It would probably just be the Nuggets deal because I think you can plug in Gary Harris to the two, and then you can just start. I mean, maybe they just continue to start Gary or George Hill at the one, or they got, oh, never mind. They got, they got Bledsoe. I'm overthinking that. They got Bledsoe at the one. They got Bledsoe. You got Gary Harris. You got like a Michael Porter. Or no, you got Middleton at the three. You got Michael Porter at the four, and then a Brook Lopez. I think that's enough to compete in the East. I don't think it's enough to win the East. Um, then you got a Will Barton as your sixth man. You got another few pieces coming off the bench still, so it's not a bad team. Um, then again, I think maybe the Celtics offer might be the best. 
quite frankly. So I'll, I, I, I think I'll go with the Celtics, actually, because they have more pieces, I think, to compete now. And that 14th overall pick is that's pretty enticing as well. I think that's the pick right there. I think the Celtics. How about you? For the Bucks, yeah, I think the best would be the Celtics because you're getting Smart and Brown, who are two young players. And then Gordon Hayward is getting up there in age, but, you know, he still has something to give. Like I said, he's trying to bounce back from that injury. He keeps getting injured, too, little ankle sprains. He's just a very unlucky guy. And then you get that 14th pick. Who knows if the Bucks, you know, they could draft a sleeper there. And, you know, there, there you go. Um, but let me flip it the other way. Out of those teams, regardless of trade or whether he signs there in 2021 when he becomes a free agent, if he chooses to, which team do you think he fits the best? I don't think it's a question. I think he fits best with the Warriors. I mean, like you kind of touched on earlier, I think he's – you look at the team, you look at the players that he's going to kind of replace and it's Draymond, and he's literally – four or five inches taller than Draymond. He's quicker than Draymond. He's more athletic than Draymond. He's better defensively than Draymond. He's a better shooter than Draymond. He's a better passer than Draymond. Well, might not be a better passer than Draymond, but he creates better passing lanes than Draymond just due to his ability to score. Draymond doesn't have that ability. So he does everything better than Draymond, quite frankly. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a question. I think it's the Warriors. I think that puts them in another dynasty mode, quite frankly. It's gonna. This is, from my opinion, also a little biased because I am a Miami Heat fan, but I think the best fit would be the Heat. I think the Warriors would be second, but the reason why I think the Heat would be the best fit is, yeah, not maybe not for the next two years, even though I think the Heat would easily go to the finals with him if he, if he comes to Miami. Also, long-term, him and Bam are both still very young. Jimmy Butler's contract is going to be up in about three years, and that's going to open up another max slot. And you know people are always going to want to come to South Beach. So I think the long term, it's Miami. Short term, obviously, going to be the Warriors. But Curry's already 32 years old, and I think that's something a lot of people aren't talking about. And I don't like Curry's always going to be able to shoot, but is he always going to be able to play at this MVP level? because I think that's what's going to make him want to go there is the MVP level. And I think Giannis already being an MVP player, bam, upside growing. And then when Jimmy goes, you have so much money, another max cap spot, plus Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, guys like that. If you were to wait to 2021 to sign there, I think there's so much upside with that team. And I think, you know, if he waits a year and then goes there for the next six to seven years, if he stays, I think that's easily a team that can go into the finals. Four, four to five times. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think the Heat are just up there too. They're my number two. But the more you talk about it, it kind of keeps making me think that they're they might be the best team long long term because, like you said, Curry's 32. I think he I think he holds up better than most players long term because, like you said, he's a shooter. He's not really looking to get to the basket. And yeah, he gets fouled and stuff. Yeah, he gets his layups. But as he ages, he's gonna probably do that less. Probably just try to stay a little more healthy and just keep kind of running off screens and stuff. So his game. It's kind of built to last. It's kind of like that Ray Allen, just long-term. I kind of see him as he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much. He'll kind of just be off the ball, especially if he has Giannis on his team. He's going to be running off screens nonstop, kind of like Clay. Let's have them both just running off screens, kind of running off little bits of here and there, having him run pick and roll with Giannis and just throwing him lobs or just pick and popping off of that. So there'll be a lot of that going around. But like you said, I think that fit in Miami could be a legitimate five to 10 year thing with him and Bam. I mean, they could have him there for years to come and, Jimmy Butler gets old and he walks away and 
here you go. You have your center and your power forward locked in for the future, and no one scoring on that shit down there. That's a damn joke. <laughs> you got way too much quickness and way too much ability to block shots and literally guard one through five with your power forward and your center. I mean, come on, dude. Like that's just that's just not fair. But yeah, I mean, that's gonna do it for us today, boys and girls. If you're listening to us. Um, um, thank you for listening to the Deep Zone Pod. We'll be back next time where we're looking at episode two, where it'll be the um, NBA Conference Finals, likely um, as the uh, Game 7 gets finished tomorrow or on Tuesday. We'll get a little preview of either the Clippers-Lakers or the uh, Nuggets-Lakers. And then as the um, Heat and the Celtics get going, we'll kind of see how that goes. And as we kind of have these Giannis little looming over both their heads as the series gets going, we'll kind of... Maybe one of these players will kind of step up enough or the Bucks will say, hey, that guy's someone we can win with and it'll be enough to make a move. But until then, we're going to cut it off and see you next time. Take care. See you.